Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Art Here Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here, for a very special Saturday edition of the RFK Refugees podcast. Uh, we wanted to give you guys another opportunity to listen to our preview for this for the Orlando game and uh, also talk some other news and notes uh, to, to, to close out your weekend and to get you ready for, for all the soccer action that's coming up. There's a lot of soccer on. It's like FA Cup. There's a lot, a lot of soccer going on. John, how are you doing, my friend? Are, have you recovered? Recovered from that uh, epic win yesterday, finally back on track? Uh, yeah, I did. The, uh, speaking of uh, the list of things that are playing this weekend, I believe the women's uh, UEFA Champions League finals this weekend. It is. It is. It is on uh, CBS, even though CBS didn't know they had the rights until a few. A few yeah, that was funny. <laughs> well, Paramount was a but <laughs> They're like, no, we don't. And then UEFA was like, yeah, you do. And like, oh, okay. Yeah, we do. Sorry. Yeah, we'll show yes. it. All right. Yeah. Just, uh, th- yeah, UEFA, <laughs> send us, send us the, send us the stream link. We'll, we'll. We'll route it. I don't know how that works, actually. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's somebody at Paramount that pulled the patch cable and plugged it in, and now we're and now it's good. Yes. But either way, lots of stuff to watch this weekend. Uh, very very exciting. But uh, even more exciting is there's double double the DC soccer for this weekend. Double the DC soccer, which if, if if it goes as well as it went uh, it, it went last night, then uh, is a very very good thing. Uh, so DC United, of course, got the one nothing victory. Uh, probably the strongest performance we've seen. We'll we'll just touch and say that it. We're not going to do a, a full a full review of this game. You'll have to wait till Monday to get our full thoughts uh, on the game. But uh, an impressive win, and, and I think kind of sets up uh, sets up nicely for this team against Orlando. Um, so we'll it should be it, it's 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 nice to see some of the things that uh, Lasada talks about the verticality, uh, the offensive sort of start to come together a little bit. Um, and and with with a lot of players, I mean this this has been sort of the year of role players. I think has been the main thing. It's been like. Players we weren't expecting anything out of are playing well. So, do you know who uh, whose name I'm not going to forget anymore? Who's that? Adrian Perez. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian Perez's name is not going to be forgotten by me anymore. Right. You you were, uh, you were he he played fantastically. You were you were dogging on him. Uh, I was dogging on him. I don't know. I I do I do want to I do want to sort of yell. I, I do I do feel like because you know I pay attention to the national context, and this is the last thing I'll say before the end. But I'll, I'll be curious to see if. DC can go out and get a win against Orlando. What the national narrative is going to be, because the national narrative uh, very, very much appeared to me uh, that it was more of it seemed to be more of a reflection of how bad Chicago is than how well DC did, um, and that annoys me a little bit. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll save the we'll save the we'll save that for the for the full show. So if you're new to the podcast, definitely check us out on Monday live show if you want to get in on the action talking all DC. Um, ju- it is it is hilarious to think about someone's first show being this uh, this like re- repurposed Saturday show. <laughs> that would be really hilarious. But hey, everybody's everybody's show is someone's first show. So uh, yes, that please do that. Check us out on Monday for a full complement of uh, of our of our power. Exactly. Uh, it, it, you never so, know. Uh, you never know. So, yep. Yeah. So let's let's talk spirit. Yeah. The NWO season starts this Sunday. Uh, it's a uh, or. <laughs> coincidentally i'm sure not actually on purpose both dc teams are playing orlando uh this weekend uh so we i had a chance to speak with uh richie burke today at the press conference uh i guess yesterday at the press conference uh he he sort of you know he reiterated a lot of stuff that he was talking about earlier on in the 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 longest preseason in human history uh that the challenge cup uh, is a great idea played at the wrong time uh that the Putting it at the beginning of the season, putting these games the way that they were put is uh, not conducive to quality soccer or to, uh, you know, uh, fitness and building up for an actual full season. 
Uh, he said that a lot of a lot of small injuries, a lot of muscle injuries resulted from not playing games, but just having constant training over and over again. Uh, exciting news. Uh, every player is available for selection. Uh, Kelly O'Hara has a bit of a knee problem still. If you'll remember, Kelly O'Hara has had a long, long spell of not playing NWSL for the most part. Uh, last two years in, for Utah Royals, the now defunct Utah Royals, I don't believe she played more than five matches. I don't even think it was that many, actually. Um, she, she's been doing her, uh, U S national team duty and had an opportunity to believe, I believe play one of the challenge cup games, uh, for the spirit, but her knee is not hundred percent, but she will be available. The more exciting bit of news there is Jordan DiBiase who had been out all preseason after having, I thought dual hip labrum surgery, but maybe just one, uh, she's available and ready to play. So that's, that's exciting and a big boost for their midfield, uh, Coming into Orlando, and if I, if I had to pick out a weak point for this team, um, I think in that Challenge Cup it was in the midfield. They they never quite got the control, uh, so having Dibiase out there, I think, is going to be a, a big boost for this team. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I would. I, I think there are. It's it's interesting. I think all throughout the field they have very talented players that uh, that did had some weird individual mistakes. Finishing I thought was pretty poor through the Challenge mm-hmm. Cup. Uh, chance chance generation was pretty good, I think, but inside the 18, not cashing in on those opportunities. Uh, and that and that actually brings up a, a, a great next point is that the spirit are still in the hunt for another striker. Um, they have been uh, they have been doing that for uh, all offseason. Ashley Hatch uh, has been successful, if not prolific. And I think that, that Richie is now in the hunt for someone that can really convert uh, all of the opportunities. Trini Rodman obviously played very well in the Challenge Cup, mm-hmm. extremely, extremely well, uh, but is not an out-and-out number nine, not her not her preferred position. Uh, so Richie is continuing to look for someone who's done just for that. Um, they, uh, they, 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 they said that if they do make a change there, if they do add somebody, it will be very expensive, and it will be somebody already under contract, and it will be in the summer. So that's something to consider. Uh, they did, however, add uh, a new player from... Uh, from the USC, I have to get her name spelled right uh, or said or said correctly because uh, I, I said it wrong in the press conference and I was uh, told that I was saying it wrong. <laughs> so it's uh, Tara Mickione, uh from USC, who I believe scored six goals uh, in in the shortened uh, US uh, U- right, college season. Uh, she has looked great in preseason. She's in a very preseason. She's looked great in this one week of preseason she's had. Um, I think it's a really big advantage for her to come in. Uh, off of a college season, that's been the cool thing about this COVID break is that uh, players were able to go back to school and finish uh, their seasons and then come and play professionally as opposed to having to give up that last bit of the season. Uh, so that was uh, that was extremely fortunate, like the maybe one good thing that came out of COVID from a soccer perspective. Uh, but she is fit. She's confident because of the fact that she was doing playing at a high level and she's got things to work on, uh, like speed of play and tactics. But Richie was really giving us the idea that uh, it, if she plays as well as she's looked in training, they may be looking somewhere else uh, in the summer. Maybe maybe forward is no longer their most uh, pressing need. So uh, the team the team is in a good spot uh, from a health perspective. I think that there's still there's if you if you watch the Challenge Cup, uh, Washington tried to play a, a new style, a new formation uh, than they had played previously with three in the back. And uh, they had problems with it and would revert back to what was comfortable with four four man backline. Uh, Richie was pretty adamant saying that, you know, that was the one struggle that he had was tactical adaptation was not great for the entire team. Uh, they would sort of put those things to the side. 
uh, and not really, you know, not mutiny, but <laughs> they weren't they weren't loving it. Uh, and, and he says really that this season is about figuring out how to play that way, and him for to continue to coach and to continue to manage uh, and get those ideas put on the field. So uh, from a DC perspective, uh, you know, looking pretty good. Orlando ha- obviously has a very dangerous front four, um, but they said that they've got a lot of tape on Orlando, both from their time playing them and also from uh, watching the other games uh, in the Challenge Cup. So uh, they, they said that they've learned lessons and they're able to negate those chances, hopefully. And he, he mentioned a couple times he just hopes for good officiating uh, because he did not get that the last time they played Orlando. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's that. I think, you know, we sh- you should be uh, the spirit arc is still considered, you know, not maybe not, uh, ML- not MLS, NWSL Cup. Champ, like champion favorites, but they're certainly, uh, you know, very, uh, very highly regarded in the East. So uh, you should expect uh, this is this is a game that should be should be winnable. Yep, and uh, the game will be May sixteenth at six p.m. all on Paramount Plus. And maybe is is do they still have a deal with NBC Sports Washington, or is it all they do not? It, it will only be uh, they have. So if you want to go to WashingtonSpirit.com, they've got their uh, their TV set up. The three places the games can be are Paramount Plus. Uh, there are some. There are a few games on Twitch. Uh, and there was, I believe, there's a couple games on the on the big C, on the mothership CBS, um, mm-hmm. but that that that's it as far as local coverage. There's there's coverage for every game, but uh, many of them will be on Paramount Plus. So if you haven't joined yet, really think you should. They have just so much soccer. <laughs> it's really it's really kind of worth it. It's it's soon going to be ESPN Plus and Paramount Plus. Um, I, I'm that's all I, you need. I am, you I am, just get rid of your cable. I am waiting. I am waiting for the uh, for the. Uh, Premier League rights to go away from NBC and then to be picked up by one of those two is, is my hope. And then I can drop a, a streaming service. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Pe- Peacock. I don't need to be giving Peacock money. That's what I'm, that's my yeah, thought. And they're, they're divesting sports. So hopefully that happens. Uh, but yes, uh, Paramount plus, and it lines up perfectly. Uh, six o'clock, you can watch the spirit and then eight o'clock you can watch DC United play. So literally why wouldn't you busy na- just busy four, for us <laughs> four four hours of soccer, of local soccer local soccer do it the even people in richmond the kickers aren't playing so you know you can even even i'm gonna take partake in the in the festivities of soccer i'm not gonna be distracted by my by my local team um all right i think that's gonna do it uh is there anything else you wanted to to drop before we get to the interview no, just uh, uh we will probably do some sort of ig live uh, at some point in the 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 Sunday of soccer. Uh, look out for that. Maybe not. Maybe so. Probably not Twitter Spaces. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks to those uh, who joined us for Twitter Spaces. But I don't know if that's going to be our jam going forward. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, guys. Uh, with that, uh, we will get to the interview we did with Mike Gramajo, uh, who is the uh, founder of Orlando Soccer Journal. So if you didn't get a chance to check out that interview, uh, you get to check it out. He had some cool, great things to say about the about the uh, Orlando team and uh, what to look forward to in that game. Man, both teams are going to be playing Orlando this week. That's that's interesting. Uh, both both the Spirit and DC. It just hit me. Anyway, guys, check out the interview, and we will and we will catch you guys uh, on Monday. Vamos, vamos. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFU Refugees podcast. I hope you enjoyed uh, the preview of the Chicago Fire game. And as a special treat, we we, we got a, a double game week and we got a double uh, double game preview going on. Uh, joining us is Mike uh, Gramejo, uh, 
founder and editor-in-chief of the Orlando Soccer Journal, uh, here to help us uh, preview uh, the team in Orlando. Mike, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. Hey, not bad, not bad. No, thanks for the invite. Uh, obviously, we got more uh, more soccer going on um, this weekend, and obviously with Orlando City traveling to take on D.C. United, so it's going to be a, a good matchup. I know D.C. United has their own uh, season to worry about and, and the things that kind of unfolded, Orlando City as well, so I think, I think we're in for a, a good matchup uh, this upcoming Sunday. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately for us, we don't have Wayne Rooney. We, we were we were unable to agree to like a one game contract to come play you guys uh, because he always seemed to show up with uh, with ridiculousness uh, when when he was here. So so you get a reprieve from that. You guys should have offered him a tam deal. Maybe he would have probably hopped on and uh, you know probably would have helped that game because I mean he's definitely scored some bangers against Orlando. So uh, it kind of benefits yeah. Orlando that he's not there, but it benefits you guys if he is there. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we, we got a new coach. We got we got new identities. Uh, so, so let's jump into it. Um, so, uh, I want to talk sort of g- generally about the team. Um, Orlando has not, you know, started off great support. Uh, you guys, uh, the the support down in Orlando for the for the uh, USL team uh, really brought MLS here, brought an ownership group here, and everything like that. Everything's going great. You guys get into to MLS, and and uh, it, it was a struggle. You went through, you know, Adrian Heath uh, and Jason Christ, both coaches who were um, who were kind of lauded as like as you know rising stars in in the coaching ranks amongst the league. Now, you know, Adrian Heath uh, doing we'll, we'll still say doing well at Minnesota, even though his team's got off to a rough patch. Obviously, fortunes have changed mightily for Jason Christ. Uh, but but I always, you know, kind of looked, you know, then you know, there was the incident with, you know, tampering charges followed by DC United. So so things are were, were kind of a mess uh, organizationally, I've always felt for Orlando. And uh, but then you guys get Oscar Perea and it's suddenly like everything has changed. Uh, was there maybe more behind the scenes that like maybe if you unless you're, you know, paying attention or or or, or understanding like what, what what's exactly changed in Orlando that has sort of turned it around uh relatively quickly I think yeah really no. in, in a year's time yeah no I mean obviously uh, you mentioned Oscar Pereira but honestly this whole sudden change didn't really start to happen until Orlando the Orlando City front office began um well when they went ahead and hired uh Luis Muzi from FC Dallas they hired him as uh their executive vice president of soccer operations back at the end of the 2019 season. And, and I mean, if you were to recall that 2019 season uh, for Orlando City, it was it was as bad. I mean, you, uh, they just finished firing James O'Connor. Um, it was another losing season. Uh, obviously, Luis Muzi comes in. Um, and you kind of had a feeling that, it, it, I mean, even after that 2019 season kind of ended, you know, and, and then we saw James O'Connor get let go uh, at the end of that uh, disappointing season. It was always rumored that, you know, hey, Luis Muzi comes from Dallas. Oscar Pereja, who was at the time in Tijuana, but he was he had a previous stint in Dallas. It, it, it was just one of those, like, will these stars align? Um, and the next thing you know, that offseason going into the 2020 season, it, it, it came to fruition. Uh, Luis Muzi goes ahead and hires Oscar Pereja. They, those two go ahead and create a – I mean, they just changed the club culture in general. Um Besides the fact they also moved into a, a, a their own training facility as well, so now they had the academy and the first team pretty much basically under one roof. That 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 played huge dividends at the end of the day because you're you're building a club culture from the ground up again. You're building a winning culture, especially um, in, in a pandemic of all of all things. If you think about it, because no one really would have thought last year that Orlando City would 
would go as far as they did. Uh, obviously, they did a good. They had a good outing at the MLS back tournament, going all the way to the final before losing to Portland. And then they just went on another hot run uh, in the um, in the I guess revamped regular season for the 2020 season. But Oscar Pereira, just the way he's been kind of able to, he's been able to force the players and kind of just play with a belief that they are the dominating side, and that they've been they've been showing that um, night in night out, each each um, week in and week out um, um, during the 2020 season. Obviously, right now it's been it's been off to a little bit of a slow start. They're still unbeaten, but you can kind of factor in there's some key players that are missing, uh, still some injuries going on. But the, it's just it's so impressive how Oscar Pereira has been able to kind of turn things around in just one season. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in season two under Oscar Pereira. It, it, it really is. Uh, and, I mean, who, who knows? If, if we saw how Orlando did, and if we see how Orlando did in 2020, uh, I can only imagine 2021 is going to be an even more optimistic year for the Lions. Well, one of the one of the interesting things, and, and and you brought up sort of changing the culture. I, I guess one of the surprising things uh, about the team was the the and, and, I, and I'm from Richmond. Uh, if you don't know, so so I'm a, a Richmond Kickers season ticket holder. Uh, okay. So you know, one of the one of the one of the one of the the the, the guaranteed three points was any time we played Orlando City B. Sorry, I, I have to say it. <laughs> uh, but but you but you you've you've uh, that that team has been sort of either I guess completely disbanded. Is there any talk of, of bringing that back? Maybe you know moving it up to like a different you know location, a different yeah. market. Uh, yeah, or... I, I mean, I mean, as far as that, obviously, yeah, we we saw Orlando City be uh, well. They didn't really have a good uh, tenure during in when, when they competed in USL League One. I think you kind of just mentioned it there with Richmond Kickers kind of always coming out as the the winning team whenever both teams played against each other. But in terms of I guess building that second team. Um, obviously, uh, there is that rumored MLS Reserve League that was supposed to kick off this year, but I think it's going to get delayed until uh, later next year. Um, so as far as what Orlando City is doing to field that second team, they do have somewhat of a, I guess, de facto second team. It's, they're called the Orlando City Academy 23s or their the under-23 mm-hmm. squad. And it's mostly composed of uh, under-17, under-15, and uh, some college players as well. And, and they compete in the UPSL, which is, Obviously, a league that um, it, it's—I mean, I'm not sure how how how, um, how in tune you are with the UPSL, but they're competing in the UPSL. But it kind of gives Orlando City the edge because this Orlando City Under-23 squad—they're playing against local semi-pro teams across the whole Central Florida region, and that just opens up a network for Orlando City to not only just see what the competition's like, but to to scout other local players that may not be in the academy, but now have that opportunity to put a good, you know, put a good performance against an Orlando City Academy team and have that chance to possibly get scouted by Orlando. And then obviously that can only, that, that can only play segue to that second team, that official second team that, that is rumored that, that it is rumored to come back at that point next season. Obviously it's going to be under that new MLS reserve league. So, I mean, obviously it, it, it may not look like that right now in, in picture. It may not look like that right now on, 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 on with how it is right now, but, it, it, obviously, you can kind of see this is a, a good foundation to kind of start building that second team that originally OCB didn't really have a good uh, successful uh, uh, stints during the USL days. Uh, well, the new USL days when they competed in the USL League One. So it, 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 that in, in a way, they're kind of building that foundation to, to kind of cement a second team that obviously will serve as a pipeline to, to the MLS first team. 
Yeah, and I, I'd forgot I'd forgotten about the reserve league. I think that was like pre-pandemic, so it like feels like a decade ago. I'd, I'd, I'd sort of <laughs> forgotten about that. Uh, well, you guys also you guys also do have new owners coming in. Uh, the the Will family, I believe, from the the Minnesota Vikings owners who uh, fa- failed to get a team in Minnesota, and instead it went to to the current owners of the Minnesota United. Uh, what? Have you? Uh, do you have any expectations that things are going to change? I mean, the team the team has been not been shy about spending money. I mean, I, I don't think they've spent ridiculous. I think they 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 blew big on Kaka. They got Nani in, obviously, but I mean, they've still been one of the better spending teams in the league. Uh, what do you What are you sort of expecting from uh, from the new ownership once they come in? Yeah, so obviously, um, it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold. I, I, you know, there is that report that uh, the new ownership group that uh, could be stepping in. Um, and plus, even the majority owner right now, Flavio Augusto da Silva, has, has been pretty blunt about, you know, uh, about selling the team. Um, once that happens and if that happens, um, I mean, you, you would hope, right? I mean, if you have a successful organization, you, the last thing you want as a new ownership group is to kind of blow it all up because that's just the recipe for disaster. Um, I mean, if the, once this ownership, new ownership group does come in, you, you would hope that they kind of keep things intact. Obviously, if you pump more money into the team, that, that, that would be great because if you look at MLS, you obviously, you look like you look at the teams like the, the Atlanta, the, the LAFCs, the LA Galaxy, those big market teams, they usually have good financial backing uh, at the NBN, and they're usually the ones that are able to put up, up you know, significant transfer fees. Well, significant transfer fees in, in MLS terms <laughs> to buy those players. Um, and obviously, if, if this new ownership group is able to kind of give – the, the technical staff that type of that those type of resources um, for Orlando to go out there and buy a a, a, a player of, of a high transfer fee value then why not I mean I think a good example would be um, the whole Daryl DK case um, you know there's this there's this you know on and off talk that Daryl DK should leave Orlando and go and, and play continue playing in Europe with those rumors that, you know, he's, he's getting yeah, the big, one of the big six teams from England are, are looking to sign him. And it kind of, big, it kind of brings up the question. If you sell Daryl DK to uh, a big six team in England, it, it, that only means that you have kind of, in order to replace, you're selling, you're technically selling a big six striker to a big six league. So, um, you know, it's, it, 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 I mean, hopefully, yeah. Once this new ownership group does come in, you would hope that they kind of pump uh, the additional resources and don't take away those resources. Because the last thing you want to do is blow up something that is showing success right now on the field. Especially, especially when it feels like you guys are like finally, you know, it, maybe not ultimate contenders, but outside contenders. I can't imagine. You know what? We're just going to slash everything. You know, I'm going to buy this team and we're just going to, you know, blow it up again. And it's like going, going through it all over again. You guys no, went no. through, I'm pretty sure at least like three different rebuilds before you got here. So, no, and, uh, and, I can, the, I, and, and the thing is too, with, with Orlando, it's, they finally have. They finally found their stride. And I mean, why would you want to go in there and and and, and get away? Uh, let, let let's see how this. I mean, obviously we're seeing that how it's being played out right now on the field. L- let it be. I mean, that's that's football for you sometimes. Obviously there are going to be every team suffers winning season and losing season. But right now Orlando's enjoying the moment, and the last thing you want is just that exactly like I kind of you just mentioned. The last thing you want is a new ownership group coming and kind of just flashing that type of winning season away and then you're then you're back in square one or you have to rebuild again yeah 
let's uh, let's talk about uh, well. First, you brought up Daryl DK. Uh, Daryl DK has some does have some local roots here. He played at UVA, uh, which is about an hour up the road from from here in Richmond. And and I, I uh, my uh, my parents both graduated from there, so I grew up going to, to UVA soccer games. So uh, I do have a bit of a soft spot uh, for for Daryl DK. What any 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 new like updates that you've heard is I mean they extended the loan through to May. Uh, we'll get to the performance against NYCFC, but there were a couple times I saw where I was like, man, if like a Daryl DK sitting right there at the, at the six yard box, that's a goal. Yeah. Uh, I felt a lot of ways. Oh, are you expecting him back, uh, this, uh, this season and, and, and for how long? I mean, that seems to be the, 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 what, it, what the rumor is. It's, it's, it's only it's, a matter of time. Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's like, you're, you're wondering what's going to happen. Obviously Orlando city. Well, first off, Caprera went at, but he was asked uh, back in before the season started, uh, does he expect Daryl DK back? And uh, Oscar Pereira was was pretty honest, like, yeah, he's, we're expecting our striker to be back. So the loan ends in May, but no one really expected Barnsley to go all the way to the promotional playoffs. So they were able to then just a few, I believe, a week ago, uh, Orlando City sent out a statement saying that they're going to extend the loan until Barnsley either wins the wins promotion or in, or if they get knocked out of the playoffs. So. I mean, at the moment, from what it seems like, Daryl DK is going to come back. The question now is, well, how how will this be? Well, how will this be played out? Because do you sell him now in the summer, get a, a significant transfer fee? Obviously, there's always that. What what what's his true value? Orlando City, when they originally loaned out Daryl DK, uh, there was a clause that said, if well, if, if Daryl DK was to go to a big six club in, in England, he's worth about twenty million, and then that brought up. Another topic of conversation is Daryl DK really worth is Daryl DK a, a twenty million dollar striker, right? So it, it, it's going to be interesting how this plays out. Obviously, in a perfect world, you would hope that Daryl DK does come back, provide that offensive that that offensive help that Orlando City needs right now, and and and, and he's already provided last season. Oh, so comes back, plays the rest of the season, and then leaves at the leaves at the end of the season at, with a in good terms. So it, it's really, it's, it's so interesting to see how things are just going to play out because, you know, and, and you, you also have to ask this other question. What, what is Daryl DK thinking? I don't think he's really been asked that either. Do, do, does he want to come back? Does he want to come back and play the, the rest of the season and then leave? Um, obviously he still has a, a more time in his contract with Orlando. So, uh, but I mean, no one really expected Daryl DK to take off like he did last year. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. I know for right now, I mean, you're looking at it right now, Orlando City offensively struggling um, so far to start the season. It's been pretty much Nani putting the t- team on his back. Um, you know, you, you, I was looking at uh, an example last week's game against um, New York City FC. There were, in, there were some moments where you would, you, would, you would see Nani kind of play balls to uh, Tesho Alcondelli. And obviously Tesho Alcondelli has a good hold to play. But I mean, you you look at you compare it to Daryl DK's strength, and Daryl DK is just another another just in another mode when he's in that type of zone, and you can kind of see that's the type of player that Orlando City is missing. So he's coming back. Um, at least that's what the team is expecting. For how long will he be with Orlando? That's probably the, the biggest question mark. Um, that's going to be pretty much hovering over Orlando for for most of the summer and probably for most of the season. 
Well, you you do have his presumed replacement um, in Alexandre Pato, but I believe he he picked up an injury. Uh, it, it was rumored not to be bad, and then I think it turned into a little more serious. Uh, what is his status, and and when do you expect him back? I hope not for Sunday. That, that's yeah. what I'm going to say. Well, it's kind of weird because uh, the club. Um, so when he originally got injured in, in the season opener against Atlanta, um, they, the club was pretty. Well, they they said that it, he would not require surgery. Um, but that wasn't the case. He ended up getting a procedure on his right knee. And then last week they announced that uh, he will be out for three to six weeks. Now, obviously now we're looking at three to six weeks. We're not looking until probably middle of June, end of June. But then even with that, I mean, it, it, we're looking at a, a knee injury here. I, the, the rehab, the recovery. You got you to gotta also look, Kato kind of came to this club already being an injury prone type of player. So if I'm if you're Oscar, do you go at do you do you do you run the risk of playing him immediately after those three to six weeks are up? Or do you kind of wait a little bit and slowly progress him into the squad and kind of just go ahead with your depth? Because Orlando has the, the offensive depth. They just haven't been really churning up those goals as they should so far in the season. So I mean, but they obviously brought in Pato for, for a reason. He, he, he is a world-class striker. You know, you look at those Milan days, uh, you would think that he would be the perfect replacement if they were to sell Daryl DK. But obviously with him going down on an injury, that provides another, another, another situation for Orlando to kind of jump over. So, uh, it, I mean, you would hope that uh, Pato comes back fully recovered and avoids injury again. But you know that's where you kind of also mix in Daryl DK in the equation you know you you kind of keep DK for the rest of the season knowing that you have a a, a Pato who, who's injury prone or do you sell DK in the summer and, and run with Pato but run that risk of losing him to injury again so it's it's like it's almost like a catch-22 it's it's you kind of have to find out what 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 avenue you're going to take in order to kind of to, to explore what 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 way you're going to go in, in terms of how to uh, a, a finding a winning formula with the team. Yep. So uh, only news is that he will not be there Sunday. So that's good See, news nope, for for, nope. for on the DC side. <laughs> uh, I guess one of the one of the other stories of, of 2020 I felt was was the sort of emergence of of Chris Mueller and 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 I remember I think it was. It was the All Star Game in 2019, and I sort of he kind of came uh, came into his own. I think uh, late late that season, but I just remember at the at the skills competition, uh, he was like the one person that like got what like this was all about, like how you gotta like show off a little bit and like it's 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 fun. You got you got to put a little uh, put a little pizzazz in, into your step. So I, I I was ever appreciative of him of that because he made that that skills competition interesting. Um, and he he had a great year last year. Uh, and certainly to close out 2019, uh, I, I was kind of watching him in the game in, in the New New York game, and he he really uh, had maybe a couple moments, but really wasn't putting like the imposing force. I guess I saw uh, last season. What what's been what's been happening with him? Is is my assessment way off? Um, no, or, or has he has he struggled in in 2021? No, you're, 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 that's actually a pretty good assessment because he, he he I mean you think about it, he is part of that offensive. That it was struggled offensively so far, uh, four games into the season. Defensively, Orlando's been a, a good unit. They've been a rock. They've only allowed two goals in their first four games, and one of those goals was a penalty that we saw last week. Offensively, as I mentioned, yeah, uh, or, or you, you're going to have to see more of Chris Mueller, more of Benji Michel, 
Uh, they have another striker, Mateus Aies, but uh, he hasn't been really seeing significant playing time as well. I mean, eventually you're going to have to uh, Oscar Pereira is going to have to start using all these all these pieces to their to their full potential. Uh, for Chris Mueller right now, yeah, he, he hasn't really had a, a a a an impressive outing in terms of those first. Because honestly, he's been he's been he's been growing as a player. He's been getting as a player year by year. The last thing you want is for 2021 to be that plateau year where he doesn't continue to grow as a player because he definitely has the talent. He has the potential. Uh, he's been a good offensive unit, a good offensive piece for Orlando uh, the last two three seasons. Uh, the last thing you want is for this season to plateau. Uh, with this Sunday's match against DC United, it, I mean, you would hope that it would be a turning point because he hasn't been, hasn't been a great games for him. He, he has that offensive relief, but nowhere good enough to, to kind of help Orlando secure those points because, you know, as, as the saying goes, goals win the games, but offensively Orlando hasn't been producing those goals. Sometimes you're going to need more than one goal to win, game, win games. And obviously Chris Mueller has that, has that potential to score goals. Uh, hopefully he can kind of break that, that, that drought on Sunday. Um, and then we can kind of look at this little bad uh, start to the season as a, as a thing of the past. Well, you uh, you all do have a uh, you all do have an interesting opportunity against DC. Uh, we, we we have started the the idea of scoring on ourselves, so shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, we now we 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 have three own goals where uh, where the record is four for an entire season for one team. So uh, hopefully that that cleans up by by Sunday. But I'm just telling you that uh, you you may you may be able to get by DC without that at this point. Uh, particularly who knows what the injury situation looks like under under Lasada's team. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. hopeful for like at least six subs. <laughs> well, I, I've seen that there is a little bit of an injury bug kind of hitting DC United. So obviously that pays, that, that, be, that benefits Orlando at, at the end of the day. So um, I, well, I, I think, I think, uh, I, I think Lasada's gotten so, he's gotten so annoyed. Every press conference has been about like the injury injuries about like how the injury is looking. And uh, one of our uh, black and red reporters asked him like about the game, and he was like, "Thank you so much for asking, talking about the game." <laughs> He's so tired. He might actually. So there's been a lot about him, like you know, waiting and like you know, maybe like a player like Ariola, for instance, might actually be fit. He's been seen at training. He might actually be like 80, 90 percent of the way there. But what uh, what? Well, Lozada wants to sort of keep his keep his style, like to to play his style. So he's he's holding guys out. So I'll, I'll be curious to see. He's got a double game week. Whether he might break some of those ideas. Maybe there's a guy. Maybe he thinks is not ready. So uh, it'll be interesting to stay interesting to see. But spe- speaking of Orlando, uh, sort of how how to uh, how to kind of break them down. Uh, if you were uh, if you were in Lozada's shoes and and you were trying to game plan against Orlando, uh, w- what would you want to do? And and how would you how would you go about trying to trying to beat them? You, you, you got to hit Orlando with the counter press because if there's one thing about Oscar Pereira's team is that they I, they are a uh, a possessive pressing team. They they like to hold the ball. They like to to to, to press on that ball when they, whenever they lose the ball, and they're able to recover it really well. If you're able to kind of put that pressure on Orlando City instantly, you change the whole dynamic of the game. So it's really just up to DC United to see how they they're they're able to kind of play up to that type of that, that type of uh, that, that type of level that Orlando City brings, if you're able to do that, I mean, obviously that's key for for DC United. If if you're not and you let Orlando dominate the game from the very beginning, then yeah, it's going to be a long night for DC United, and uh, it's going to be a, a a dominating game for Orlando. Um, the only thing is with Orlando, they've been the dominating team these last four games, 
but they just have only been able to get one one victory out of those four games. It's been three draws. So uh, obviously this could be a good game for Orlando. It could be a bad game for Orlando. Um, obviously they're on the road. So if DC United is able to counter press Orlando, then obviously it favors DC United. If they're not and Orlando City is able to dominate the game early on, then it, it can be Orlando's game, but they're going to have to put those offensive boots turned on all the way because you're going to need one more goal. One, one, you're going to need more than one goal to secure a victory because, um, I mean, it hasn't been, that hasn't been the case for, for Orlando, FC Cincinnati, but we all know how FC Cincinnati has been so far this season. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're the they're the they are the they are the team they are like the they everybody like has been i think everybody was talking about orlando at certain points being like oh this is the year they finally put it together and then they would like they would suffer i think you know they had that winning streak and i feel like cincinnati's the same place everybody's like oh they got acosta like you know and then they had like one good game to start the season and then yeah. the rest of it's been been really bad so it's, uh, yeah, it's the, definitely in the league's punching bag so far hopefully that changes <laughs> But uh, I guess someone has to take the, the the hits every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It's, it's it, you always need that. You always need that. You got other teams coming in the league too. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um. All right. Uh. Let's uh. Let's get a prediction from you. Uh. What do you What do you predict out of out of this game? What's your score line that you think is gonna be for the game? And we will hold you to it. I promise you. Okay. Um. Should Orlando be the dominating team, which I do expect them to be because it's just the way Oscar Perez has been uh, putting out his team since he, um, he began in 2020. If Orlando City is able to control the game and dominate it and actually get some goals, uh, more than one, it's, it's, it's going to be a win for them. Um, I, well, I think that happened. That would happen. I think, yes. Uh, I don't want to disappoint you. Um, but I know DC United has been kind of been kind of, uh, not in full form. So obviously this game does favor Orlando a lot. So I, I, I could see a three 0 victory for Orlando. Um should everything go according to plan. Uh the the scoring and the and just the possessive domination. So a three nothing victory. Um anything worse, I wouldn't be surprised if it finishes uh with a one one draw. But um you can you can hold me accountable with a three nothing victory. You can also hold me accountable to a one one draw. Uh this is soccer sometimes you never know what you're gonna get either. So yeah, exactly. I, I well, I know the um you you brought up the counter press and how that can disrupt DC and that's the style that Lasada wants to play. He wants to play a pressing and very direct style. So, uh I, I think a lot of my mood on this game is going to depend on the game on Thursday and how we look. Uh so I I think a 1-1 draw and 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 you know, yes, DC has given up uh three goals to to Columbus and four goals to to San Jose, but the expected goals was much lower in that regard. So uh, so I'm hopeful those stats will will sort of swing back in, into our favor. And also we stop shooting ourselves in the foot. I think that's going to be that's going to be a key thing. Uh, so so what one one is my prediction. We'll, we'll see who's right at the end of the day. I promise I will follow up. I'm not going to follow up. This is all for fun. Uh, Mike, thanks so much. To, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, let the let the good people know uh, where they can uh, where they can find you and where and where you can. Uh, where you can be found and if people want to check out more Orlando uh, soccer coverage and uh, UVA yeah. fans, if they want to check out more on Daryl DK. So. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to visit the website, it's orlsoccerjournal.com. Very simple. Uh, you can also follow it. There's uh, our social media channels at OSJ soccer. Um, and then you can also follow me directly on Twitter at by um, B Y and then Mike Gramajo. Um, and my last name is spelled G R A M A J O literally sounds like grandma Joe, except without the E at the end. 
Um, and you can obviously uh, find uh, pretty much daily updates on Orlando City, MLS, um, obviously the whole Daryl DK saga as it, as it unfolds. So um, just make sure you get, yeah, give me a follow. And obviously, thanks for having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure talking back with you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll definitely, we'll definitely keep you posted. Uh, obviously, we got a game down in Orlando, and and I, I may actually be attending that game in Orlando. So I'm, well, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Right. Thanks, thanks so much, Mike. And uh, we will. Uh, best of luck to you and your, I guess your midweek game, and uh, not so much luck to you on Sunday. Thank you so much. You too. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. And uh, thank you so, so much for listening. And we will catch you guys back on Monday for our live show. Remember, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Refugees. We are giving away a scarf uh, to our Patreon subscribers of the $5 level and who submit a, a meme. So you got to make us laugh. So definitely check that out, that contest. If you're if you're new to the show and would like the new uh, Cherry Blossom scarf, definitely want to get that. And we will see you guys on Monday. Vamos. Vamos.